I found no evidence of widespread fraud. His Justice Department found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Finding no widespread fraud. There's no evidence of widespread fraud. There is no widespread voter fraud. Yeah, Anderson, there is no... How does he know? How do they all know? It's funny how they keep on saying widespread. There's always fraud. They have to acknowledge that. There's always fraud in every election, but it's not widespread. What do they mean by widespread? Maybe it doesn't have to be all that widespread. I'm not talking about any specific election, okay? Future, past, present, whatever, but I'm going to use one as an example, actually. This is, I guess, kind of specific, but look, Donald Trump won the 2016 election, right? How many votes were cast? 137 million almost. Did you know that if 77,000 votes shifted to Hillary Clinton in three states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Hillary Clinton could have won that election. My point is fraud doesn't necessarily have to be widespread. Watch it when they use these little qualifiers, right? I don't like it. I don't like a lot of what's going on right now. Donald Trump, four times, how many cases? Four, five, something like that. Um, they are misusing something that I used to, well, the law. What could be wrong with the law? We all have reverence for the law. I do have reverence for the law, right? Um, but I'm falling out of love with it. Is it possible? I'm falling out of love with it, unlike these people. I love the law. I love the law. I believe in it. I love the law. We all grew up, and we need law. I like the law. Am I in love with it like Katanji Brown Jackson? I don't know. The law. It is beautiful, right? For everybody. You got the justice weighing everything. The way it's been weaponized. I hate that word weaponized, but it's probably pretty good. Look, they're taking advantage of the law and they're taking advantage that they chased so many good lawyers away. Rudy Giuliani, look at what they're trying to do to him. They're trying to destroy him for aggressively advocating for his client, Donald Trump. They've taken his law license. They've ruined his clientele base. I mean, there aren't many lawyers out there who are going to sign up for this kind of stuff. So people are afraid, lawyers and others. And what has happened to Donald Trump? Chased off the ballot in Colorado. Yep. Uh, it's in the primary, not in the general, but it would look something like this. No more Donald Trump on the ballot. All right. This Colorado decision. I started it last night. I am now finished. The most egregious thing, <laughs> the worst thing in this uh, ruling, whatever it is, they say that Donald Trump, what he was saying right there, is not constitutionally protected free speech, not protected by the First Amendment of the United States. And they try to say that everything he was saying that day was illegal. Does this sound illegal? We're gathered together in the heart of our nation's capital for one very, very basic and simple reason, to save our democracy. They quote this. They quote this very, this item is quoted in the, uh, in the Supreme Court Colorado ruling. All right. Right there. You can't say this. You can't say, well, it's not just that. I mean, they got, they got six quotes here. I'm going to play them all for you. If you tie these all together, they say it's a call to violence. Is it? Next. Republicans are constantly fighting like a boxer with his hands tied behind his back. It's like a boxer. And we want to be so nice. We want to be so respectful of everybody, including bad people. 
and we're going to have to fight much harder. Does this sound like an insurrection? They're saying that this is the insurrection right here that you're looking at. They put this quote. They're about, again, a few of them on page 112 of this thing. Democrats can talk however the heck they want in the meantime. Listen. Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. Talk about a double standard. It has to be done, though. I cannot. They're actually trying to say that Donald Trump, what he said that day is illegal. It's not. And I know. Look, it's a, he's a fiery speaker. There's nothing wrong with that. Next, please. We're going to walk down to the Capitol, and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women, and we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them, because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength, and you have to be strong. Yeah, no, America, you can't. If you hear words like that, you might do something crazy. They put this on page 112, that this is illegal language somehow in violation of the First Amendment. You can say a lot of things, but you can't say this. It gets a little, it gets even better. When you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Ooh, and this is this is quoted as well. And they say this. I mean, obviously, look, if you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Number one, rules. The, the word rules, that means, well, you're following the rules and they are different. Under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you don't hear that thing every day. Well, they dusted it off. They broke it out and they saw, hey, we can actually object like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. You don't do it every four years, but in an election like this, you can follow these rules. Next, please. More illegal speech, according to those people in Colorado. This is the most corrupt election in the history, maybe of the world. This is not just a matter of domestic politics. This is a matter of national security. You know, he was right about that national security turned out to be very right. Yeah, this is quoted as something you can't say in public, according to the Supreme Court. Four of the justices, three of them said, you know, this is this is too far even for a liberal court. It was a four to three decision turned out to be very, very prescient about national security. Less than a year later, America would be beaten in Afghanistan. Remember that? Yeah. National security. Also, um, a little over a year later. Ukraine would be invaded by Russia, and 62% of the American public still believe that Putin would not have invaded if Trump were still president at the time. Next, please. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Ooh, now come on, right? Fight. I mean, obviously he means, what does he mean? metaphorically fight. They actually put this in here, right? That, and they said he's literally calling for people to fight. That's like, who remembers um, the Beastie Boys fight for your right to party? Did they really mean that you had to fight your mom to party? They did not mean that. You're allowed to say these things in America. Harry Truman running for president, 1948. The whole narrative, the whole theme of it. Give him hell, Harry. 
Give them hell. And in America, you can fight like hell, whether you're a Republican, some hockey team somewhere, a Democrat. In the Senate, Democrats are going to fight like hell. We're going to fight like hell. So I'm going to fight like hell. We'll fight like hell to make sure that we act. As long as I'm president of the United States, I'm going to fight like hell. You see, I mean, how can they look at themselves in the mirror, these people, with these kinds of arguments? Number two, if you don't mind, put it up. They're actually saying in the Supreme Court ruling, President Trump then gave a speech in which he literally exhorted his supporters to fight at the Capitol. You know, it's funny, literally, literally, he did say fight, so literally fight, but that does not mean actually literally fight. They're playing a game, and they're counting on nobody reading this and just going along with it, and maybe even the Supreme Court going along with it. Next, please, after all those quotes in the hearing, uh, in the ruling on page 112, unsurprisingly, the crowd at the ellipse reacted to President Trump's words with calls for violence. It's interesting, they kind of contradict themselves in this thing. Donald Trump gives a political speech, it's others who make the call for violence. Donald Trump is not responsible for that, and I have real doubts about who was actually calling for what that day, i.e. federal agents in the crowd. I mean, they won't give us a straight answer. The Federal Bureau of Investigation will not deny that there were federal agents in the crowd potentially orchestrating things. All right. Uh, oh, that was fight like hell. What about good old fight? Good old fight. Well, you're allowed to say that too in America. Well, I'll do as president what Donald Trump hasn't. I'll fight for you. I will fight for you. I want to fight for you. You see, and the theme song of Hillary Clinton's 2016 losing campaign was fight song. Anybody remember that? This is my fight song. That, that, Anyway, when something like that, it was in a lot of car commercials, and Hillary liked the tune. A couple of other things. They said this was illegal in the, uh, in the opinion there that Donald Trump, when he, when he said Mike Pence did not have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country. Oh, my goodness gracious. Can you believe it? He's calling for Mike Pence to what? He's not saying anything. That Mike, not, nothing should happen to Mike Pence. He's just saying he didn't. You know who said a lot worse than this? I mean, did not have the courage. Does that mean hang Mike Pence? Of course it doesn't. I know people who have said a lot worse about Mike Pence. People like Liz Cheney's father, the guy with the fake cowboy hat, Dick. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. You know, when you... Call somebody a coward, that arguably is really crossing the line, a coward. Saying somebody doesn't have courage, that's a lot nicer, a lot nicer. They also go into this whole thing, oh, he should have called Vice President, uh, he should have called people, he should have called Vice President Pence. Donald Trump is not a security guard, all right? He's not. And why didn't Vice President Pence call Trump? Can I hear that moment, please, with David Muir and Vice President Pence? Over the course of several hours, you spoke with the acting defense secretary. You spoke with the joint chiefs of staff, General Milley. I did. You spoke with the acting attorney general, Jeff Rosen, with the chief of Capitol Police. Where was the president in all this? David, I was at the Capitol. I wasn't at the White House. And when you learned later that he was watching all this unfold on TV? I can't. I can't account for what the president was doing that day. 
I was at a loading dock in the Capitol where a riot was taking place. But why wasn't he making these calls? Um, that'd be a good question for him. It's actually a good question for you. Why didn't you call President Trump? doesn't work that way. The president doesn't check in with the vice president. It's the other way around. And that goes for the defense secretary. That goes for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. That goes for the deep state. It goes to the president, not the other way around. They know it. They're playing a game and they're getting away with it, at least not with me. So this whole Colorado thing is going to go to the Supreme Court and everything's going to be fine there. Not the Colorado Supreme Court. I mean, the U.S. Supreme Court. Are those guys going to do the right thing? Who knows? Kavanaugh, that guy's life was turned upside down when they showed up at front of his house in violation of the law. And the Christine Blasey Ford thing, I think, has him, has him totally spooked. So I don't know. I don't trust the Supreme Court right now. I don't trust them to do the right thing. I don't trust the law. It has been so perverted by so many people and so many good lawyers have been, have been chased away. So we have to remember, actually, they want to have non-lawyers and people outside the system feel like we don't have a voice or we're not qualified to look at this stuff. We absolutely are. All right. We must get involved and we can't be intimidated by their, their paperwork. I have to show you something. Does anybody remember the movie The Verdict with Paul Newman? Came out uh, 81 or 82. Fantastic movie. Paul Newman is a kind of a down-and-out lawyer, and the system is sabotaging him in big ways and small, and he's representing a client who's been totally screwed, and he's got one shot to make the case to the jury. And here's how he does it. But today, you are the law. You are the law. Not some book, not the lawyers, not a, a marble statue or the trappings of the court. See, those are just symbols of our desire to be just. They are they are, in fact, a prayer. I mean, a fervent and a frightened prayer. I love it. It's a jury of neutral peers. We are the law. We are the law. Don't forget that when they're having their legal panels on television, all right? And they put out these things with their with their terminology and the Latin phrases. We are the law. Excellent movie. One more time. That's the verdict. And in that scene, in the spectator uh, galley, you know who's sitting there? That's Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis as an up-and-coming actor. He was uh, getting uh, roles here and there as an extra. As an extra. I'll be right back. In order to complete the scheme, they plan to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohen as income to the New York State tax authorities. Alvin Bragg, the man who is prosecuting Donald Trump in New York City for, I don't quite remember. <laughs> Donald Trump actually was arrested 
by this man. And here he is uh, the day he turned himself in. But I want to highlight what he just said about the Donald Trump case there, the day he indicted them. In order to complete the scheme, they planned to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohn as income to the New York State tax authorities. Repayment income. They reported income to the state tax authorities. I never heard of anybody getting in trouble for reporting money to the New York State tax authorities as income before. Have you? Alvin Bragg, though, is not just prosecuting Donald Trump. He's ruining New York City. I mean, there are all kinds of people guilty of very serious crimes who are just walking free. He doesn't even want to prosecute shoplifting. You can just take whatever you want here in New York City. I feel very bad about this guy, Jonathan Majors. Do you know who he is? He's a, he was a very successful actor, 34 years old, a real up-and-comer. He was in some Marvel movies, and he was about to be in an even bigger Marvel movie and make maybe 20 or $30 million. Well, uh, Alvin Bragg prosecuted him, and I think, I think he should not have been prosecuted, probably. All right, here he is with his girlfriend. And he was alleged to have, uh, well... I think he was alleged to have hit her. Now, that's always wrong. Absolutely. And if it happened, yeah, you got to be prosecuted and penalized. Uh, here's the night in question. Uh, he's running away from that girl who's chasing him. This is the girl who was allegedly uh, punched or hit or slapped. But, okay, here's why I'm suspicious of this thing, okay? Because I read the New York Times. And this is how the New York Times presented the story. Major's ex-girlfriend tells jury his rage was explosive and terrifying. So I read the story, waiting for the explosive and terrifying moments. Mr. Majors lectured Ms. Jabari, the girlfriend, that she should care for him as Michelle Obama and Coretta Scott King, the wife of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., cared for their husbands. Continue. Um, I'm a great man, a great man. I am doing great things, Mr. Majors said, adding... The woman that supports me, the one I support, needs to be a great woman and make sacrifices. Now, this is something he said in private to his girlfriend. I mean, probably embarrassing when this becomes public, but I'm like, okay, is that wrong? A great man? I want a great woman? I want her to make sacrifices for me? And this is the case they're building, that he's a bad guy. It goes on like this. Next, please. Ah, this is the incident in question. Uh, Ms. Jabari was calm as she explained to the crowded courtroom how she had grabbed Mr. Major's phone from him and how he had tried to pry her fingers away, twisting her hands and right arm. All right. She grabbed his cell phone from him and he tried to get it back. I know a lot of people who want to keep their cell phones private. His girlfriend wanted to look through his cell phone and took it from him. Next, please. Mr. Majors left to spend the night in a hotel. Ms. Jabari testified. And she went dancing with people she had met that night because she did not want to be alone at that point. All right, this is, this is right after she alleges that she was assault, uh, assaulted. She was hit in the head. Uh, and she went dancing with some people. Does that make sense? I don't think it does. I don't think so. Next, please. Uh, in September 2022, Mr. Jabari said she had a friend visit the couple's home in London. Mr. Majors, who had returned from a day of filming, was in no mood for company. All right. 
Uh, next, please. His anger lasted days, and she said with him confronting her when they ran into each other outside, pulling her headphones from her ears and stepping on them, then ordering her to move out. All right, she wasn't hit, but the headphones were. It's awfully flimsy. It's awfully, awfully weird. Alvin Bragg is the prosecutor. I don't trust this guy. I think this guy's life has been needlessly ruined. It's very, very fishy. And yeah, now he's out of Hollywood. Next, please. Uh, the actor who had received an Emmy nomination for his role in the series Lovecraft Country was on a fast rise toward A-list stardom as the center of planned superhero films. Now his agent, CAA, they dropped him. His publicist dropped him. He's being dropped. He's being canceled. And he's lost it all. Just 34 years old, had a big career ahead of him. And I just don't trust Alvin Bragg. I'm sorry, but the woman, there are major problems with her story. She grabbed his phone from him. <laughs> she went out dancing after this altercation. I don't know. There are guys like the Axeman. You know, the, remember the Axeman? This guy went on a rampage in New York City. They want to give him a talk show. <laughs> they want to give this guy a talk show. That's okay. Look, when you, when you have crazy socialists running the justice system, it's incredibly arbitrary. And uh, I don't believe justice was done for Jonathan Majors. But uh, I, think, uh, I, think, I think God sees everything, and, and we'll see how this all pans out. I'll be right back. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. What soldiers that were killed in Pakistan, the weapons that the Taliban used were the weapons that the U.S. left in Afghanistan, the goggles. The I haven't guns. seen those reports, but let me remind you. Please take the opportunity to remind you, we didn't just leave a bunch of weapons in Afghanistan. This is a fallacy. This is a farce. Uh, how do you figure there? What's his name again? He reminds me of a game show host, whoever that dude is. We left all kinds of weapons. We left all kinds of aircraft. We left money, cash money on the ground in Afghanistan during our catastrophic botched withdrawal, i.e. defeat. And the Taliban is in charge right now. Uh, but who knows, maybe the Biden administration will get away with this, uh, this rewriting of history because very few people are paying attention. Most of America is either smoking dope or watching Netflix. Uh, it's unbelievable what they will say from the White House podium and get away with it for the most part. Blaine Holt joins us, of course, the retired Brigadier General, national security expert, and Gordon Chang, the famous author, China expert, and uh, always here on Newsmax. Welcome to you both. Uh, Blaine, I found that uh, particularly offensive uh, that they're denying what actually happened, but then again, that's what they do. Well, it's absolute word parsing at its finest, and it should be uh, uh, absorbed as offensive because the American people are offended by it. Look, the the Pentagon has uh, failed how many audits now? And, uh, trillions of dollars. Um, but go ahead and lose an $8.15 canteen if you're an army private and find out what happens to you. 
This is the most reckless thing he could say. This is how he tries to square this, Greg. He's going to say that, well, we left those weapons behind for the Afghan National Army, which by that time did not exist anymore. So um, he, he, they should not take this stance at the podium, and it's not going to work. But these weapons are finding their ways into the Middle East, on our southern border, into Ukraine, and everywhere. And magically, there's a black supply chain that's repairing all the helicopters and everything else. Gordon Chang, um, you know, we uh, seem to be kind of copying China in terms of communication, um, spinning. And what's your reaction to all this? Well, John Kirby is the successor to Baghdad Bob because he was <laughs> lying from the podium. And this is not the only time that reporters have caught him in fibs. So this is continual. And it's continual, I think, because the Biden administration has failed. It's failed from the catastrophic withdrawal in Afghanistan, which we've just talked about, to, you know, allowing a, quote unquote, minor incursion in Ukraine, which then Putin said, well, let's go and invade the rest of the country. And we're seeing, of course, problems in October 7th attack on Israel, which people in the region are saying because the Biden administration had really failed in the weeks beforehand. I mean, we um, could have stopped that and we didn't. So I think that what we're seeing is John Kirby has to lie day in, day out. Take this with a big grain of salt because it's coming from the fake news. And, and these two are particularly fake. But, uh, but who knows? Who knows? NBC uh, reporting that she warned Biden in San Francisco that uh, something big could happen. Take a look. We are told by three sources, current and former officials, who are familiar with this conversation, that President Xi said to President Biden that he does intend to reunify Taiwan and that he has not chosen a timeline to do that yet. He was also apparently complaining about the elections in Taiwan. And prior to this meeting, Chinese officials had asked that President Biden issue a statement uh, supporting Chinese reunification, something that, of course, the president and the White House did not do. You know, I really don't believe Kristen Welker or her sources. So, I mean, really, I and maybe they just wanted to give her something to say on television, reunifying, reunifying Taiwan. Taiwan's already unified, but I know what she meant to say. Gordon, right. um, are you hearing the same thing, though, having said all that? You know, there were reports, and, and they were just vague rumors, that Xi Jinping um, really put his foot down on Taiwan when he was meeting with President Biden in that four-hour meeting on November 15th. And this really sort of fleshes the rest of it out. But the thing that's important here is that Xi Jinping has made it very clear, not just on November 15th, but throughout his career, that he is personally invested in absorbing Taiwan. And so we have got to make sure that we're prepared because the Chinese talk about war. They're preparing for war. And President Biden is just oblivious about it because he doesn't think that it's actually going to happen, even though Xi Jinping has told him directly to his face, this is what I'm going to do. Hey, I did not know that uh, there were 10 Americans being held in Venezuela, and we had some of their guys. There was a swap. This is Alex Saab, who we had in this country, returning to – go ahead and put it up on the screen if we have it uh, – Venezuela. And um, tell us a little bit more about this, uh, Blaine Holt. This is, this is news to me. What was going on? Yeah, so th this is – almost out of nowhere, I guess behind the scenes, they were working with the Venezuelan government, who they want 
out of this is uh, the guy known as Fat Leonard. Uh, he was being held in uh, Venezuela, was living a pretty good life there, uh, and and Venezuela is coughing him up for their own prisoners that we have here. Uh, but Fat Leonard is at the center of the biggest scandal the United States Navy has ever had in terms of corruption, contracting, uh, and the like. This went on when I was the logistician uh, in Stuttgart. And uh, he's probably got a lot of things to say that are, are not going to be appreciated by uh, the, the flag officers back here at home. But but what are the details behind it and how much did we have to give up to Venezuela? That remains to be seen. I heard about that fat Leonard guy. He was producing movies or something like that. But the thing is, he's not that fat. <laughs> he really isn't that fat. Maybe he's he lost little... some weight. He, yeah, <laughs> he was uh, pretty fat. Fat Leonard. What a name, huh? It doesn't really... Yep. All right, Gordon, final thoughts, and I got to go. Well, you know, what we're seeing are various conflicts around the world are starting to merge. And this yeah. is the dynamic in the 1930s when those conflicts became what we call World War II. Now we're starting to see the same thing because of failure of the Biden administration. And we've got to remember that the Chinese and Russians are behind all these conflicts in Ukraine, in um, North Africa, and now in Gaza. So, yes, this is an existential crisis, and it's starting to envelop everybody, thanks to a guy named Joe Biden, who you now see on your screen. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of bad things happening. But, hey, a small win, a fugitive by the name of Fat Leonard is now back on U.S. soil. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, very, very much. We'll be right back. It's an explosive moment in the 2024 presidential campaign. It is a significant and historic ruling. This is a stunning decision here from the Colorado Supreme Court. This is a historic level of accountability for January 6th and for Donald Trump's actions on January 6th. There's no dispute. I mean, we saw it on television and we saw it. We, we know what happened. He fomented. He engaged in an insurrection. He wanted this to happen. Well, if I were a fake news fraud, I'd be happy about that Colorado situation as well. Uh, but I am not. I am. Uh, I'm ready for it, though. Aren't you? I mean, look at what they've done. They've actually arrested Donald Trump, and that hasn't stopped him. Is this going to? I doubt it very, very highly. Dave Williams joins us. He is the chairman of the Colorado Republican Party and also Ted Harvey, former chairman of the Committee to Defend the President. Did I get those titles right? Both, I hope. Uh, Dave, first to you, what are you, uh, what are you thinking tonight? I am, uh, are you surprised? <laughs> I, a little bit. I, I think the, the best way to describe this is this is a constitutional crisis in the making. Uh, we had unelected judges who were appointed by the opposition party who just essentially gave the middle finger to free and fair elections in this country. They are taking away our ability to vote for the candidates we feel should best represent us. That's un-American, and it's something that we're not going to stand for. We're going to appeal this decision to the United States Supreme Court, and if need be, we're going to pivot from a primary in our state to a caucus system that still allows us to vote for Donald Trump and other candidates uh, if we so choose. I'm looking at those justices right now. Serious question, Ted Harvey. How many of them may be high at the moment? You guys can smoke marijuana whenever you want there in Colorado, right? Are these people pot smokers, any of them? Uh, I don't think they're pot smokers, but they're definitely uh, radical leftists that were appointed by uh, radical leftist 
governors. They are activist judges. And, and what we saw today are, is, is a travesty of justice. The, the president hasn't been tried. The president hasn't been convicted of insurrection. And the, the lower court just decided that, nope, it was insurrection and doesn't matter what um, the, 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 the evidence is. And this court held it up. And I think it's going to backfire on the Democrats, not only nationally, but here in Colorado as well. And I hope that common sense Americans here in the state of Colorado start paying attention to what's going on with our governors and with the Democrats who hold almost a supermajority in both chambers. All right. Hey, by the way, um, the uh, some of those those justices are pretty good. It was a four to three decision, which was pretty close. One guy complained that the secretary of state was trying to pound a an electoral square peg into a constitutional round hole. I kind of like that. Uh, again, they said that Donald Trump engaged in a uh, insurrection, which he did not. By the way, it wasn't an insurrection. And under the 14th Amendment, you can uh, prevent him from being a candidate for the presidency. Here's your secretary of state. Her name is Gina Griswold. She's a Democrat. I think that the big picture, no matter if Donald Trump ends up being on the ballot or off the ballot, is the extent of how dangerous he is to American democracy. He tried to steal the presidency from the American people. He incited an insurrection with folks leading, uh, ramming into the United States Capitol, some of whom had plans to hang the vice president of the United States. And then he did not stop there. He spent months trying to undermine the peaceful process, the peaceful transfer of the presidency. I, she's the secretary of state. I think she's supposed to be somewhat neutral as she, you know, manages the logistics and the mechanics of an election. And that's the way she talks. But Dave Williams, that's actually the way some of the justices talk as well. Can you give me an idea? How is this going over with the people of Colorado? Are they upset? Are they glad? Are they celebrating? I haven't been there. I haven't been there in a while. I think it's disbelief, and I also think that Ted's right. This is going to be a backlash against the Democrats in Colorado and nationally. This is so beyond the pale. This is such a, a slap in the face to our basic tenets of our country that I think it's going to help Donald Trump as he navigates through the primary and the general election. It's ultimately going to hurt Democrats. Jenna Griswold is a partisan hack, and she's going to pay a hefty price come election time. Uh, full screen number two, please, according to the court. President Trump then gave a speech in which he literally exhorted his supporters to fight at the Capitol. This is very, very, at one glance, um, Ted, it's a total lie. But then again, they could say, well, literally, he did say you have to fight for your country. You know, the Beastie Boys, when they say you got to fight for your right to party, they did not actually mean beat up anybody. And neither did President Trump, did he? Of course he didn't. And and every politician says we have to go fight for our values and our principles and fight for the Constitution. But that doesn't mean take up arms and go against our government. And that's not what happened on January 6th. There were no firearms. There was nobody that um, was trying to take the take the Capitol by force. It was a, 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 a protest that got out of hand. And, and some people uh, a few handful of people actually did break windows, and they should be held accountable for it. But the vast majority of people were there just to peacefully protest. And Donald Trump said, go up there and peacefully protest. 
Um, that is what was said in his speech, and, and that was what he said in his tweets after that, is that we respect law enforcement and don't do anything that's going to go up against law enforcement. The president was not involved in an insurrection. The Democrats know that. These judges know that. They're just trying to influence elections and take away our ability to vote for the candidates that we want to vote for. Very quickly, and Ted, you first. A lot of us are watching this stuff on TV. We read things on the Internet. You guys are really on the ground making stuff happen. People who want to be involved. What do you need more than anything right now? And not just for this case, people who want to ensure that America survives. Ted, what do you think they should do? Well, we need grassroots help to get off the couch, get out of the pews, get involved in politics and make a difference for our state and for our country. That's why I'm fighting as hard as I can in all the efforts that I am. I'm currently running for the 4th Congressional District, and we need to help Dave out, raise money to be able to fight this and to put on a caucus process that we can elect our president of the United States here in Colorado. All right. And, and, and Dave, he's, Ted's going to speak for both of you. I got to go. Thank you very much, Dave Williams, Ted Harvey. Good luck, and we'll be right back. All right. There's our beautiful Lincoln Memorial, and uh, it was defaced by pro-terrorist nutjobs. Um, the cleaning crews came out, and they tried to remove a big uh, painted uh, whatever it was, graffiti, Gaza, pro-terrorist stuff, right? Right there on our Lincoln Memorial. Uh, it's gone now. That's good. But uh, just terrible. Terrible indeed. All right. Joe Biden gave an interview to Conan O'Brien, and uh, this is probably a bad idea for Joe. <laughs> Conan, he can make the best of everything. I kind of like Conan, actually. Uh, take a look. My mother used to say, remember, Joey, the best drop of blood in you is Irish. <laughs> remember, you're a Biden. I'm thinking, who the hell's a Biden? You know, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's not Irish. Right. Biden's not Irish. I don't know. I think Conan was polite laughing, though. That's not funny. It's all right. What happened next? My list goes on and on and on. Um, having weird hair, having a weird name. I wish you had um, your hair. I'd trade right now if you want. You want this hair? It yeah. comes off. It's a, it's, it's, well, it I'll Velcro's on the back. Yeah. If I could do it, I would do it. I will, I will mail you this wig tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that wasn't much of anything. Uh, well, it does remind us all that Joe has fake hair. Okay, he used to be totally bald. What does Rush call him or used to call him? Plugs, plugs, Joe plugs Biden. All right, uh, his VP... Kavanaugh, what's her name? Oh, Kamala, sorry, Kavanaugh. Uh, she was on some other show, and I'm told this is pretty amusing. Let's watch. I mean, look at bans. We want to ban assault weapons. They want to ban books. Cute, cute. We don't want to ban books. We want to ban age-inappropriate material, all right? Just because you don't want the kids watching pornos or reading pornographic books doesn't mean you want to ban books. And all that connotes, you know? All right, what else? You know, every election cycle, we talk about this is the most election of our lifetime. Lawrence, this one is. This one is. We are literally talking about people who are attempting to divide our country in the most crude, frankly, and profound way. Uh... Uh, I know you are, but what am I? Did she say this is the most election of our lifetime? It's the most election of our lifetime. All right, I'll give her this. She's well-dressed. That is a, 
Nice ensemble she's got going there. All right, I got to wrap up about the Dahmer movie I saw on Netflix. I only watch maybe one or two shows a year. And I watched Dahmer, the monster, uh, on Netflix. And it's very, very entertaining. It's very disturbing. You know how they do this, right? At times you sympathize with the bad guy, right? They do. The <laughs> uh, and you, it's, it's just fascinating. It is a waste of time. All kinds of weird ideas you're presented with that you probably don't need to think about, especially kids. But there was one moment that really, well, a lot of moments, but I'll give them this, the filmmakers. It was entertaining, and they did not make fun of Christianity. You know, almost every filmmaker, when they can, they take a shot at Christians and those who practice and those who believe. And they had a priest and a believer, and yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, gets baptized. I don't know how how genuine his conversion was, but the priest um, and the discussion they had, it was it was very new, very sensitive and very interesting and done in a way that wasn't mocking to Christianity. And I appreciate that and I respect that, all right? Don't watch the movie, though, unless you really want to be freaked out about a lot of things. You know what he did. Okay, I'll be right back. NewsmaxPlus.com. You got to check it out. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com. And, uh, you know, look, we had a switch a little while ago. You can't stream us for free anymore. But if you go to uh, NewsmaxPlus.com, you'll get Newsmax Plus. You get everything Newsmax has to offer. It is a great deal. All of our top shows, you get this show and uh, our archive footage, uh, specials, movies, documentaries. You know, the actor John Voigt, he's a big friend of Newsmax. He kind of works here almost, and he just did a, an amazing special on Israel. Very nice man. I've met him a few times. So, uh, please, Newsmax Plus today. You will not regret it. Hundreds of thousands of people are signing up, and we're getting some really awesome reviews. It's a free trial, by the way. All right. Want to see, uh, see a baby video? Who do we have today? That is Madeline with what appears to be a cupcake. No, it's a mini donut. Yes, it's a mini donut. She just turned two, and she is absolutely amazing. And her big sister needs to be nicer to her. Anyway, I'm coming home soon, darling, and many thanks. We'll see you tomorrow.